I'm Christine Russo, and you're listening to What Just Happened on MarketScale. Hey everyone, we're here with Shanif Danani, founder of Apteo, apteo.co. Hey Shanif. Hey Christine, thanks for having me on the show. It's my pleasure. Looking forward to having a discussion about your background, Twitter, and what you're doing now, and just bigger picture how you see everything evolving. So first, let's start with what's up, Teo, that we can't read on the website. I appreciate that. So, you know, we are basically, uh, the founders of Aptio are just data guys. Like, I'm a data geek. My co-founder is like a big ML engineer, machine learning engineer. So you'll see that on the website. But I think the thing you're not going to see is just like how much passion we have about using data and in ways that people just haven't done before. Like, everyone knows you should be using it. But I think people pay that lip service rather than actually jumping in. And so, you know, what we're trying to do is get people to use their gut, but also use data in a way that they just haven't had a chance to before. And so that's really the, the founding passion. Um, and then outside of that, you're not going to find on the website, but we work pretty closely with our customers. Sometimes we help, we actually help them use data, set up their campaigns for them. We'll actually do things to make sure they're successful. And so we try to work pretty closely. Um, those are probably the two main things that you're not going to find uh, written down that we like to take pride in. Okay, so let's talk about two ways they haven't used data before. Give me two yeah. examples. All right, so first, let's say you're an e-commerce marketer. You're trying to drive up maybe repeat customer uh, purchases. That's a big thing that people are trying to do right now. You might have a Klaviyo account or an email account, and you know you got to segment your customers. But most people are only segmenting in a very simple way. Like maybe they'll say, hey, I've got unengaged users and everybody who bought in the past 60 days. That's fine, that's well and good, but like you're not gonna be able to use data in a way to drive repeat purchases from those people very effectively. So one thing you could do is segment people based on the, the products or the collections that they're most likely to purchase. You use your data to figure out, okay, this group of people looks like people who have bought jeans or shoes, you know, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna highlight to them the jeans or shoes that I think they're most likely to buy. A little bit harder to do if you're doing this manually, but AI is really good at this type of stuff. So that's one example finding the best cross-sells and upsells. Let me jump in there. I yeah. want to push back on that. You're telling me that no one else, no other solution has that. I'm not saying no other solution has it. I'm no, saying, what saying a lot of a lot of marketers just don't do it because they either don't have time or they're really busy or they don't maybe want to jump into the numbers as much if they don't have a tool that does it. Okay, okay. So what you're saying is two ways that they've not used data before, meaning on the user end, they maybe haven't... Uh, the the analogy I like to use is like an iPhone. Like we have so much capability on an iPhone and we use it for like texting and taking pictures and watching videos. So that I think yeah. is kind of, um, there's so many tech solutions that have so much uh, capability, but people only have a certain bandwidth to engage in certain things, usually like two things. And what you're saying is, wow, we there's so much more on the table. Is it easy to use? Easy to, I mean, sometimes ease of use can be a barrier. That's that's usually the big barrier. You know, how do you actually do it? And so that's that's what I kind of am referring to. Like we make it easy for you to do that. You know, you can put in a simple placeholder widget into an email, and we'll automatically fill it with the right data for each person, or we'll automatically show you exactly which people are likely to buy those jeans rather than you having to jump into the numbers. So certainly something that's been possible. Um, what we try to do is make it super easy. So hopefully that, you know, clarifies that, uh, that right there. Totally got it. So let's just top line, explain to everyone what it is Apteo does. 
Yeah, you can think of us as a as a tool that helps you personalize your website and your email marketing and SMS marketing and Facebook. So, we personalize things so that your customers see the the content, the products, the collections, whatever it is that's most relevant to them. That's the hundred thousand foot overview. Uh, there's a lot that goes on in that, but you as a marketer are using us to make to show better products on your websites and your emails, things like that. And why did you create it? I, you know, we started actually as an AI research firm, totally separate from e-commerce, totally separate from anything. We basically started working on some AI uh, that my co-founder and I were working on at Twitter. So both of us come from Twitter. We were working on the prediction team on, uh, on that side. And what we did was we created a couple of products that we wanted people to be able to use uh, to analyze their data. And we found that the only people who were using it were marketers, e-commerce marketers. And they were trying to do things like understand which of their customers were most likely to make another purchase or if they had a subscription product, which of their customers are most likely to churn. And so after just interviewing lots and lots of these folks, we decided, hey, let's just build a product that focuses exclusively on them. And so we decided to build this because we understood that that's a lot of what these marketers are looking for. And they didn't have a lot of capabilities to do this. You know, Diving into data is not something a lot of people like to do, um, but they know they should do it. And so there was um, a lot of interest in what we were building. Um, and it was something people wanted and needed. Okay, so connect the dots. You are at Twitter, you met your co-founder there, you started an AI research company and then found a user group in e-commerce marketers. And would you call this a MarTech solution or kind of like a retail tech solution or maybe the two had a baby and that's you guys? I think it's the baby. Um, you know, people are using us for marketing, but we're mostly used by D2C brands and retail. So one of the one of the things that we're doing is serving those e-commerce brands that are serving directly to customers and helping them market better. Um, a lot of VCs will categorize us as more tech, but you know we think of ourselves as sort of helping brands drive more sales, and that's ultimately what we care about. Got it. So, gonna ask because um, your your route to to here is interesting because coming from research and certainly yeah. coming from Twitter, you don't usually see that progression. But it is crowded. I mean, you put in the word personalization and it's like 10,000 solutions. So um, let's talk about that. I mean, there's a total addressable market that's quite large, but what about these iterations in this same space? Like, is it getting commoditized? Will there be consolidation? As a customer, if you look at it from the retailer's perspective, they're just like, yeah. there's like a million options out there. Like what? What should one do and what should they look for? You're right. There's a bunch of things out there. A lot of people are saying, hey, we can help you show the best products on your website or we can help you do X, Y, and Z. Um, there's a lot of solutions, but you know what's funny is when we go in and talk to a customer, they're not using anything right now. So I think what you're seeing are a lot of solutions that might be designed for the MSEs, like the mid-sized enterprises or the enterprises. And you can look at those as like the Nostos of the world. They're charging lots and lots of money. Um, when we focus on sort of the SMBs, um, the mid-market, other customers, frequently, and even agencies, frequently, they're not using anything right now. And it's either, it's not because they don't want to, it's because they just haven't had a chance to sort of understand what's out there, what's possible. So there's a lot of competition. I tend to think of it as competition upmarket. We're focused a little bit downstream. Now, let's say you're an SMB or a mid-market company and you want to start including personalization. Well, if you're on Shopify, you can include a couple of apps. Um, there's only like two or three apps that are doing this like in a truly personalized way. And what I mean by that is they're looking at you as a user 
seeing what emails you click on, what products you're browsing, what emails you're browsing. Most of the other apps out there are looking at general things like, oh, people who looked at this product also looked at this product, a little bit less personalized. So you as an SMB mid-market, you're going to find two to three, maybe four apps out there, one of which is ours. Um, so it's, it's not as crowded as, as you think it is. Then you as a customer are like, okay, how easy is this to use? How supportive is the team? How much is this going to cost me? When you break it down by that, um, you know, you might have a couple of different options. And as an e-commerce store owner, there's like 2 million different stores out there. You're going to go with the one that has sort of the best fit for your needs. And we try to play in the world where we can really heavily support our customers one-on-one, doing the, a lot of the work for them. And so that's kind of where we've started out. Um, so depending on what you want as a brand, maybe you don't go with Aptio. Maybe you go with something different or something larger. Um, but we're hoping that you go with us. And if you do, we'll not only cover your website, but we'll do things like your email, your SMS, your Facebook ads, sort of help you full stack, which not a lot of other customers, uh, companies can say. Got it. So, so the differential, it's, it's like um, concentric circles. First is you're in the smaller market where, so you've knocked out a whole bunch of pe- people and solutions who don't want to be in that market. So one of the things I find that um, is interesting is when there's a technology solution that allows small businesses to do what big businesses do. So, um, you know, you, you can find certain technologies that afford you the same type of conveniences and solutions and strategies and all of those and data that the biggest guys have. So helping small yeah. do big things is kind of what I like to say about, you know, solutions like such as yours. So that's notable for sure. And then what you're saying is within that world, um, there are fewer and fewer uh, people there. So two to three or maybe more, maybe less, whatever. But um, and then the differential there is that, you know, I think a lot of times these things have support emails and chats. And are you saying, you know, you guys, you can get someone on the phone? Is that kind of where the... We'll, we'll jump on a Zoom call with you and we'll actually jump into your Clayview account and say, hey, we'll set you up for your first few campaigns. Like, yeah, you can use data, but you need a marketer to do it. We'll show you how to do it. We'll set it up for you. And then you can just copy and paste after the first month. I thought you were going to say you would jump on a plane and show up at their house with flowers and kind of sit with them, take them out to dinner. And you now that's customer service, right? Once I get, <laughs> once we get big enough, I'd love to do that. So we'll see. No, that's not how it works. You've got to wine and dine them up until they get big. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's like dating, you know, when you're going to get married on the first date, uh-uh, you got to wine and dine all the way up. <laughs> so um, what's going on in the bigger picture? Gosh, we're in a mess. Oh. It's just, so crazy seeing as i said consolidation in the solution market just because like it's it's uh merge or die in some cases vc money has uh slowed to a drip and so um what are your thoughts on the bigger picture in general i think you just said it as well as i could you know things are uh things are a mess right now so a lot of the brands that were able to grow off of free money in the past few years are uh slowing down if not shutting down um, and then on the on the SaaS and software and e-commerce enablement side, you're seeing a lot of tools out there start to figure out, hey, maybe there's no market here, or maybe getting sales is a lot more expensive than I thought it would. So I think you're right. Um, I think you're going to start to see a lot of consolidation. I think you're going to start to see a lot of people offering multiple uh, tools that an e-commerce brand can use all in one. Um, and we've already started to see some of those, you know, from our perspective, a couple of folks have reached out to us and say, hey, like, would you be interested in, uh, you know, adding us in? 
uh, adding into our feature set. So I think what you're going to see is the best brands are going to survive. A lot of the smaller brands that result that relied only on uh, paid cat, paid acquisition, the high, low CACs, are now going to start to slow down or close down. Um, but I think it's an opportunity, to be frank, I think this is a really interesting opportunity where brands who start to figure out new channels can not only uh, survive but thrive in the next couple of years. Because this isn't going to last forever. It might last for a year, maybe two years. But like, if you figure out, hey, my, my loyalty strategy worked really well and I'm just going to scale down or double down on it, or hey, my affiliation strategy worked really well, um, you come out of this with a lot more momentum than people who are like, oh, I just have to double down on Facebook ads or something. So it's a mess right now, but I think that once it all, once the dust settles and there's going to be a lot of dust, you're going to start to see some really, really interesting new marketing plays. Well, that's encouraging. Um, I, it's a curious human behavior where when things get tough, innovation or adoption slows or stops. So, I mean, it's like you put off digital transformation, you put off those loyalty and affiliate and, uh, and re re retargeting all those things because it's going okay. And then the bottom falls out and you're like, well, you have no, there's no there. Yeah. So yeah, those people are, are in big trouble, but should they, and would they consider, okay, I'm going to use this time to really kind of like, you know, get myself in a tech stack that's going to help me survive. I mean, it's, it's like real estate. You're always too late. I mean, yeah. you're always too late. So, you know, but then you look back two years and you're like, wow, that actually would have been good. So, um, but that mentality, I don't see it out. I don't see that. It's like, no, 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 cut it back, pull it back and, you know, postpone it, which just is a self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy. What do you see out there? I see a lot of the same things. I, I, I think you're going to start to see the smaller brands, and we've already st started to see this. The smaller brands are cutting expenses and they are pulling back. A lot of them might even be cutting inventory. A lot of them might be cutting their offerings, um, which to me is kind of crazy, right? Like if you've got a tool that's making you $10,000 a month, but you want to save 100 bucks a month, like why cut that tool? Why not just change your mentality about how to drive more sales? And so from my perspective, the brands that are going to do really well they should what they should be doing is maybe cutting down on things that are burning a lot of money like don't spend a million dollars on facebook ads if it's only driving five hundred thousand in sales but start to invest more in things like remarketing retargeting um send out more email campaigns but make sure those email campaigns are more precise and targeted send out more sms campaigns don't just spray and pray um start that affiliate program because these things don't cost a lot of money it's a couple hundred bucks a month and so what you should be doing as a brand is figuring out and working on those things that you did not work on before and cutting down on the things that you thought were working that are now breaking the bank. Um, you're right though, human, you know, human behavior, sometimes you don't think that way. And I get it, like you're worried about your business, you're, you're scared, so maybe you're doing things that are gut, uh, you know, gut reactions. But I do think that you as a brand need to start investing in new technologies and new areas rather than you know, just, just cutting expenses or shutting down. I agree. I think people are just longing for the days of the ROI yeah. of ads and don't see that, you know, it's over. It's time for you to move yeah. on. Your relationship is over. Okay. Stop going back to the high school after you graduated. <laughs> it's not a good look. And so what replaces that? A little bit of automation, a little bit of ingenuity, a little bit of innovation and, um, and it's new waters and it's unproven. And in a year and a half from now, 18 months from now, we'll see those people who either did it before or during take that victory lap and talk about 
their solutions that they employed to to survive and thrive during this time. Is there anything else that um, you wanted to for us to cover? Um, you know, do you have any announcements or anything coming up that uh, might be interesting? You know, I think one thing that we're starting to see is, as you just mentioned, like you can't go back to where things were, but you can optimize. So one of the things we're working on, you probably just, just saw Shopify's audience product came out a few months ago or about a year ago. It's doing pretty well. We're starting to work on something similar. We've got data on a bunch of client customers across lots of different stores. I think you as a brand now start to need to rely on things like Shopify audiences or what we're building where you can find high probability customers using data. Um, so that's one thing that we're working on. We're looking for beta customers. If you're interested in joining, let us know. Um, otherwise, for people who don't know, and I'm, I'm sure I'm beating a dead horse here, uh, Google Chrome is getting rid of third-party cookies. A lot of them, they've said that they're going to do this next year. It might be pushed to 2024, but this is probably going to be as big of an impact as the Facebook iOS privacy updates. So please, if you're a brand, please prepare for that now. Start capturing your own first-party data. Outside of that, you know, that's all I wanted to mention. Like, we're here to help if people have questions. We've been doing a lot of one-on-ones with our customers. So that's all I got for, you know, for that particular topic. And that's, that sounds great. Well, we'll include your contact information and people can um, get in touch with you. Um, it's going to be an interesting ride. It sounds like yeah. you're positioned in a good way. Um, you know, kill them with customer service. Keep that churn from happening by just being there and understanding their own mindset and what their challenges are. And it sounds like that's what, what you've got going on. I want to thank you. Oh, my, my pleasure, Christine. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate the time. Of course.